Sports Radio Racing Show. All our usual guests are here. Jamie Snow, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson, Richard Phillips, Gavin Sheehan, they're all here. As the flat racing season fades away in the distance, we revive it with our Equine Superstar feature. Meantime, the national hunt season goes on from strength to strength. So, sit back and enjoy. Let's hope we've got a few wins for you. So, good evening everybody. Welcome to the show. We've got all the usual guests here, as I said in the prelim. And we're going to start, as we always do, and I always keep on about this, I know, but uh, I think it's relevant. Uh, we're going to kick off, as usual, with all the racing news from the racing media with our good friend Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news that is the news from the racing media, which does include Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Here's our first story this week. Jamie Snowden is showing no signs of slowing down this season as passing well provided the trainer with a fifth winner of the week. The five-year-old, who was a £185,000 purchase at the Goffs UK Spring Sale in May, made the perfect start to his career in Lambourne after winning the opening two-mile four-furlong maiden hurdle. Snowden said, He was brilliant and it was a lovely performance on his debut for us. He's a really smashing individual and he could be really special. Him and the runner-up were a long way clear of the third, Harjo, who had a run under his belt, as did the second horse, but it was a really good performance. Passing Wells' length and a quarter victory over issuing authority was Snowden's 26th winner of the campaign, and the trainer is pleased the hard work is paying off. He said, We're having a wonderful time of it, especially in these last six weeks. Winning the Paddy Power was great, and we've had five winners from eight runs this week, so it's great to see everyone in top form. And with a headline of Skelton Strike, here's our next story here on the Racing News. Fresh from enjoying his first Grade 1 win since April 2021, Dan Skelton returned to the winner's enclosure to collect the prize as Katiera justified favouritism in the two-mile Mayor's Novice Hurdle. The five-year-old was making only her third start for the yard, but recorded her second win in emphatic fashion as she finished seven and a half lengths clear of Faisecure Voudlois. And with the headline of Promising Chaser, here's our next story on the racing news. Trainer Ben Pauling said he is happy to take his time with bangers and cash following his victory in the feature three-mile handicap chase. The six-year-old made all and finished strong to pull 14 lengths clear of the rest of the field on his second start of the season. Pauling said he travelled sweetly and was well positioned throughout, but the winning margin was quite flattering. He jumped very well and hopefully he's a young chaser who can go up the ranks in these three-mile-plus staying chases. 
Pauling, who enjoyed his 41st winner of the campaign, believes the Devon track contributed to Bangers and Cash's success. He added, He took a good blow at Weatherby and it was a stop-start race, whereas he was suited to the end-to-end gallop at Exeter. If you gallop all the way up the hill here, you can put a bit of distance between you and the rest of the field. And that's what he did. As regards his next assignment, Pauling said, he's rated only 116, so there's plenty of time. I don't think he's ready for the marathons yet, but it's probably where he'll end up in time. We'll take it one step at a time and go for something similar as long as he's not put up too much by the handicapper. Next, with the headline, A Family Affair, here's our next story on the Racing News. The father-son partnership of Gary and Jamie Moore continued their fine form as Black Jerry landed the two-mile, three-furlong novice handicap chase. The victory, which was Black Jerry's third in four starts, came a day after Goshen landed the coral hurdle at Ascot for the trainer and jockey combination. Next, here on the Racing News... Dorset trainer Ben Clark on Monday described the loss of the most high-profile winner of his burgeoning career as completely gut-wrenching after the galloping bear was disqualified from this year's Grand National Trial at Haydock due to a positive post-race sample of the prohibited race day substance dantrolene. Clark, who has 15 horses in training, took out a full jumps licence last season, having trained point-to-pointers and hunter-chasers, and was fined £1,000 by the Independent Judicial Panel for the breach. The disqualification meant the runner-up Bristol de Mai was promoted to first, taking the Nigel Twiston-Davis-trained chasers record at the Merseyside track to six wins from nine starts. The Galloping Pair's post-race A-sample was positive due to the presence of dantrolene, which is an orally administered paste used to treat muscle stiffness and tightness, as was the B-sample, with a definitive reason for the presence of the substance unable to be found. Clark has since made sure each horse in his yard has his own bridle and head colour to avoid possible cross-contamination and believes his small team can bounce back from this big blow. He said, It's been one of the toughest months of my life to deal with this. It's been absolutely heartbreaking and it will take us an awful long time to get over it. We're a small team and it was a huge triumph for us. It's completely gut-wrenching to have the race taken away in very unfortunate circumstances. It's still very painful and raw for us. We've had unwavering support from the owner throughout and we're looking forward to cracking on with our job. We've made sure every horse has their own bridle and head colour to ensure we can eliminate this from happening again. We're a really conscientious and diligent team, which is why this hurts even more as we take this awfully seriously. Clark's medical record suggested only gastroguard, an oral treatment used to treat stomach ulcers, and a wormer had been administrated to the galloping bear in the last year, as well as the horse being sedated when clipped. The progressive nine-year-old chaser, owned by Adrian Patterson, had won the Surrey National at Lingfield before his Hader success. He is a 14-to-1 chance for the Coral Welsh Grand National at Chepstow on December 27th, while stablemate Dr Kananga is a 33-to-1 shot with Bet365 for the Beaches Chase at Aintree on December 3rd. Clark said, 
The Welsh National is the Galloping Bear's number one target. He goes well fresh and hopefully has a cracking chance. He will return in the rehearsals chase at Newcastle on Saturday or in a novice hurdle at Chepstow the following weekend and we're hoping his Welsh National run can prove a springboard to Aintree. Clark continued, Dr Kananga ran a cracker over hurdles on his return and that will put him spot on for the beacher. He's a second season novice and has the perfect profile for the race. I think he will go very well. Nick Bonehill, representing the BHA, had argued the case fell into the medium-level culpability category, considering a suspended three-month licence withdrawal for Clark or a financial penalty of £2,000 to fit the entry point for the rule breach. Clark was represented by Rory McNeese, who said the breach was of low-level culpability and referred to a case in August relating to trainer Gary Harrison, who was fined £3,000 for the presence of Colbert in Major Pusey at Hamilton in June last year. McNeese said a suspension would signify the person involved is a threat to the integrity of the sport and this case does not come close to justifying such a characterisation. This falls comfortably in the low culpability level. In delivering the panel's verdict, Chairman James O'Mahony said, It is accepted by all parties that the galloping bear will be disqualified and our conclusion is that Mr McNeese's arguments prevail when it comes to the level of culpability. This should be regarded within the low category with no knowledge of administration and reasonable precautions had been taken. We don't feel a caution is sufficient as there were failings in relation to Mr Clark's record-keeping and those justify a fine of £1,000. Next, here on the Racing News. One of Sir Peter Sullivan's few remaining commentary charts for the 1965 derby won by Seabird is among eight fantastic auction lots at the annual lunch for the legendary Callers Trust on Thursday. The lunch is the main fundraising initiative for the Sir Peter O'Sullivan Charitable Trust, celebrating its silver anniversary having staged its first lunch in 1997. A bronze in the shape of O'Sullivan's racing binoculars, sculpted by Janie Beardsall, is awarded each year to a person who has made a lifetime's contribution to the sport. Jessica Harrington was last year's recipient, and other winners include Aidan O'Brien, Sir Anthony McCoy, J.P. McManus, and the late Sir Cecil Henry. This year's awards will go to John Magnier, with O'Sullivan asking his trustees before his death to present the 25th award to the Coolmore founder, as he considered Magnier's contribution to the sport and the breed as equally momentous. A four-person VIP visit to Ballydoyle and Coolmore, including a two-night stay with dinner and bed and breakfast at the Cashel Palace Hotel, is another exclusive lot in the auction to take place during the lunch at the Dorchester Hotel in London. Hospitality for 12 guests in a box at Goodwood on one of four race days next year, a VIP day for six at the Carrara on the second day of Irish Champions Weekend in September, and a Terence Gilbert painting of Lester Piggott sporting Nijinsky's silks and surrounded by the colours of his eight other derby winners are other lots on offer. Goff's executive director Nick Nugent will be the auctioneer for the lots, 
including a Johnny Jonas portrait of the award-winning Magnier. The Trust supports six charities, which are Blue Cross, Brook, Compassion in World Farming, World Horse Welfare, Racing Welfare and the British Thoroughbred Retraining Centre and has distributed more than £5 million. And finally, on this week's uh, racing news, Constitution Hill has been kept in contention for Saturday's Betfair fighting fifth hurdle, although trainer Nicky Henderson is also responsible for two-time winner Epitante. The brilliant winner of last season's Supreme Novice Hurdle missed his intended return at Ascot on Saturday due to quick ground, but could be switched to the Grade 1 this weekend. Although Henderson also mentioned the International Hurdle at Cheltenham on December the 10th as an option for Michael Buckley's exciting five-year-old. Epitonte was a dominant winner of the 2020 Fighting Fifth and dead-heated last year with Not So Sleepy, who is also among the six runners kept in at Monday's confirmation stage. Pied Piper, Tommy's Oscar and Voix de Rive are the others who could be involved. Fanny-Anne de Estreval now heads the weights for the £250,000 Coral Gold Cup after Betfair chase winner Protectorat and Royal Pagale were not among 19 confirmations for Newbury's feature race on Saturday. Anti-post favourites Karak Rambler and Remastered remain in contention as does last year's runner-up Fiddler on the Roof, one of three possibilities for Joe Tizard alongside Lost in Translation and Oscar Elite. Chantry House, Three Under Through Five, Our Power and Lay Me Loss also feature among the possible field, while the Joseph O'Brien trained at Bustleton is the sole entry remaining from Ireland. Venetia Williams indicated on Sunday that the Betfair Exchange Rehearsal Handicap Chase was a strong option for Laurent Presse after he was another high-profile non-runner from Saturday's card at Ascot. Last season's Brown Advisory Novices Chase winner was indeed among the 15 entries for the rehearsal, with I Wright, Chantry House and the Galloping Bear among the possible opposition at Newcastle. This has been this week's edition of The Racing News, with all the news that is the news across the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Join us again next time for The Racing News. And thanks for listening. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media. And now it's time to see where we can go racing this weekend. There are seven races over the jumps at Newcastle with an 11.55 start. Seven races over the jumps at Garran Park in Ireland with uh, a 12 o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Doncaster, 12.05 start. Seven races over the jumps at Newbury, 12.15 start. Seven races over the jumps at Mangarondi with a 12.23 start. Seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 5.20 start. And if you fancy Ascot, then try Australia, where there's some racing there at 8.45. And on Sunday, we've got seven races over the jumps at Navan in Ireland, 12.20 start. Seven races over the jumps at Carlisle, 12.30 start. Seven races on the jumps at 12.40 Seven races over the jumps at Leicester with a 12.40 start. 
and also over in Sharjah and the United Arab Emirates. Now it's time for another one of our equine superstars. Equine superstars. Racing show pays homage to some of the superstars of the turf. And this week we pay homage to the great West Tip. West Trip was bred in Ireland in Tipperary by Joe Haynes, by gala performer out of Astril. In 1982 he suffered a terrible injury whilst out on morning exercise when hit by a lorry that failed to stop. But thanks to the wonderful treatment he received from vet Peter Thorne, he made a full recovery and went on to win the Ritz Club Handicap at Cheltenham. He ran six times in the Grand National, winning the race in 1986, finishing second once, fourth twice and tenth once. West Tip was ridden by Richard Dunwoody and on his last appearance in the Grand National by Peter Hobbs. Now let's cast our minds back to 1986 when Richard Dunwoody took West Tip to victory in the 1986. And the starter Michael Sears waiting now to press the lever. And that's it, they're away. And racing towards the first, Fethard Friend is one of the first to show with Corbier on the inside. Essex racing up there to join the lead. And W again is up there with them as well. But it's Feathered Friend from Essex. W again. Tacroy also well there. Corbier on the inside. And it's Tacroy, Essex. W again. Corbier, Acarine, Feathered Friend as they cross the Melling Road and race to the first to be joined them with John Hanmar. And W again is in the lead from Imperial Black. West Tip right up with them and so is Rupertino over the first. Porter Skeg is down and it looks as if he brought down Dorlatch. Dorlatch has been brought down by Porter Skeg at the first and over the second. It's W again in the lead from Tacroy, then Essex right up with them, then Rupertino, and I can't see a faller at the second, though Lantern Lodge is a very long way back, and Lantern Lodge has gone, in fact, and over the big ditch, W again in front of Tacroy, then Essex Kilkilarin, then comes Cesarovic, Rupertino, Duty is unseated his rider, Gale Warning is last, at the fourth, W again from Tacroy. Duty's been remounted, but as they go to the fifth, over to Julian Wilson. And Corbier was a faller at the fourth, and another Duke was badly interfered with as they come to the fifth fence with W again in the lead. W again over from Tacroy on the outside. Essex right up there with the leaders, as is Kilcolone, and the Tsarovich just behind the leaders, as is St. Alazan. And they've all jumped out, but Duty has tailed off as they come down to Beecher's Brook with the leader, Tacroy from W again. Essex running very free, then Tsarovich at Beecher's. Tacroy over, W again over, and Essex and all the leaders are over. All the leaders are over. In fact, every surviving runner has jumped Beecher's Brook. The last one over is Duty, who falls as they come to the seventh fence. And over it, W again on the inside of Tacroy. Then the Tsarovich and Kilkalo in an Essex. Ten cherries on the inside. Then St. Alisan and West Tip in a good position. Also in a good position is classified as they come to the canal turn. With W again leading. 
from Tuckroy on the outside, the Tsarevich over in third, then Kilkaloon and Essex on the wide outside, Tenger is behind that, and then West Tip and Plundering with the baller as they come to Valentine's Brook. W again, Tuckroy, Kilkaloon, the Tsarevich, Ten Cherries, West Tip and classified as we rejoin John Hammer. And W again in the lead from Tackroy, then the Tsarevich third, Kilkaloon is fourth, then comes Essex fifth, then comes classified, and Ten Cherries has gone there, and another faller was Akarine, and another faller was another Duke, and going to the next fence, it's Kilkaloon has jumped up on the inside of W again, the leaders all over that one safely, and it's Kilkaloon, W again, Tackroy, the Tsarevich, classified West Tip, Northern Bay, then Essex and Sommelier, then comes Fettard Friend, then Young Driver, behind Young Driver, St. Alizan, and last suspect, last year's winner is right out the back, but no fallers at that one. And Kilkaloon leads from Tackroy, then W again, the Tsarevich. Then comes classified West Tip, Northern Bay, Sommelier, Fettered Friend, then Young Driver, then Mona Moore, and behind Mona Moore is Grease Paint and Knock Hill and over to Peter O'Sullivan. Yes, it's W again on the inside of Tackroy, then comes Kilkiller, and then Lazarevich behind him is classified, then W again, and then West Tip is travelling well, Brummy Bank is always travelling well too, and then Grease Paint towards the outside, Feathered Friend towards the inner. As they race towards the next, W again, Tackroy, then comes Lazarevich, then Kilkiller, then classified West Tip, W again on the outside, then Grease Paint, then comes Knockhill not far off the lead, and then Young Driver, Knockhill nearly went there, right around just recovered, coming down now towards the next, this is the one before the dreaded chair, and as they come to it it's W again, in the lead from Tackroy, a little between the two then comes the Zardovich, then Kilkilo in West Tip, travelling well over on the far side classifies just in behind the leaders Mona Nor is also well there followed by Grease Paint, then comes Brummy Bank, and with Brummy Bank is Sommelier, coming to the chair now, W again and Tackroy share the lead, they're over it together from Kilkill Owen, just in behind them the Zardovich, and coming down to the water, W again in the lead from Tackroy, the Zardovich, then comes Kilkill Owen, classified behind classified is W again, then Mona Moore, then Young Driver, then comes Sommelier, then West Tip, then Feathered Friend, behind Feathered Friend, getting a reminder is Grease Paint, and then Brummy Bank, behind Brummy Bank is Ballina Carolad, and behind Ballina Carolad, Little Polvale, then St. Allison, then Valley Milana, behind them is uh, Rupertino's, then Mr. Snugfit, behind Mr. Snugfit, on the inside is Knock Hill, behind Knock Hill is Wife again, Imperial Black's last, they're the only ones standing, so as they cross the Melling Road, it's on the outside, Tackroy on the inside, W again. Then comes the Zarevich, then Kilkilo in W again. Towards the outer, just in behind them is Mona Norman over to John Hanmer. And they're at the 17th now. And a loose horse hampers W again and knocks him over and interfered with Tackroy as well. And going to the next, it's Tackroy, Northern Bay, Kilkilo in, then Young Driver, then Classified, Ballinacurra Lad, Mona Nor, a lot in with a chance still. All the leaders over safely. Rubertino makes a bad mistake towards the back. And as they run down, it looks as if last suspect's being pulled up before the 18th as they jump the 19th, the big ditch. Kilkilarian in the lead from the Tsarevich and classified. Then Northern Bay, Tackroy is a faller. Bally Milan is a faller. Going to the 20th, Gale Warning tailed off. And it's Kilkilarian from classified, the Tsarevich. Then Young Driver, Northern Bay. Then West Tim, Broomy Bank. 
and Sommelier. And still last is Gail Warning going to the 21st and over to Julian Wilson. Tracy special amount. Oliver will fall as a Valentine's first time out. First time round as they come to the one before Beaches and kill Kilo and over from classified on the inside. Steve Smith Eccles having a great ride. Sarovich behind those. West Tip still going well. Young driver still in contention and Northern Bay on the outside as they come down to Beaches for the second time. Classified on the inside. Towards the outside, Kilkula and the Tsarovich close behind them as they jump B. Classified over. The Tsarovich over just behind Kilkelone on the outside then Northern Bell then Young Driver and Mononor Northern Bay I should have said and they're all over beaches once again although Knock Hill pecked badly at the back of the field and Mr. Snugfit a long long way behind the leaders as Classified leads over the 23rd from Mononor who moves to the second place now Kilkelone is third then Young Driver and the Tsarovich behind those is Northern Bay St. Alisson was a four at the last one West tipped on the inside as they jump the canal turn and over the canal turn Mononor the leader from Young Driver in second then Classified then West Tip on the inside of Kilkelone then the Tsarovich then Sommelier behind that and Northern Bay and behind those comes Broomy Bank who's still in it Alice's Ballinacurra lad then the snug fit making a bit of ground behind Grease Paint they're all over Valentine's this time as we rejoin John Hammer five to jump and Mononor in the lead from Classified then on the inside young driver towards the outside Kilkiller and Ballinacurra lad is down and going to the last open ditch four from home and it's Mononor from Classified, Kilkiller and Young Driver, West Tip, the Sarovich, Northern Bay and Sommelier, these tightly grouped and they're clear of Broomy Bank, Little Polvia, then Grease Paint and Mr. Snugford and a long way back to anything else, Fethard Fen's been pulled up at the third last, Mononor and Classified from Kilkiller Northern Bay who hit it, West Tip and then the Tsarovich and Sommelier, Mononor is dropping back and it's Young Driver disputing the lead with Classified, then West Tip, then comes Sommelier, the Tsarovich, Kilkiller in Northern Bay and Mononor there clear of Broomy Bank, Grease Paint, Mr. Snugford and Little Polvia and over to Peter O'Sullivan. And it's Young Driver in the lead now from Classified, then comes West Tip, then on the outside is the Zardovich, just in behind them, Sommelier behind Sommelier, Kilkiller and Mononor who've lost ground, they're racing towards the second last fence now and it's Young Driver in the lead, Classified under pressure, the Zardovich trying to come there and West Tip only just in behind the lead now as they come to the second last. Young Driver is going to jump the second last in the lead. Young Driver jumps it from West Tip, who's now gone second, then comes Classified, then the Zarovich, and then Sommelier as they race down towards the final fence in the 1986 National. It's Young Driver from West Tip. Young Driver in the sheepskin noseband, lands clear of West Tip in second. Classified is third, fourth is Sommelier. They're racing into the closing stages, and West Tip has come to take it up now as they race towards the elbow. It's West Tip and the youngest rider, Richard Dunwoody, from Young Driver on the near side. Classified is third, Sommelier four. West Tip over on the far side has the advantage from Young Driver. West Tip by two lengths from Young Driver. West Tip by three lengths from Young Driver. Young Driver's fighting back, but West Tip is going to hold him and win the national. And as they come to the line, West Tip has won the national. Young Driver is second. Classified is just third ahead of the fast finishing. Mr. Snugfit four, Sommelier five. And behind them came... Commentary there on the 1986 Grand National by Peter O'Sullivan and Julian Wilson. And now thanks to YouTube and Racing World for the use of this audio. And quite by chance, I've got a little chat here with Richard Dunwoody.
And Mini Homer was with Martin Pike, wasn't it, if my memory's right? It was, yeah. That yeah. was my, my second uh, national winner, 94. Um, yeah, a great little horse. Um, absolutely fantastic um, ride he gave me that day. It was very, very heavy ground. Um, but, yeah, big day. So, so what was Freddie Starlight to ride for? I imagine a bit of a laugh, I suppose, wasn't he? Uh, Freddie was was great. Um, all I, I remember, the, he wasn't there. He was, he was doing a... Um, Apparently doing one of his shows down in Brighton. Yeah. So always remember the the interview um, after the race. Desmond Lynham was interviewing Martin. I was stood alongside him, and then he started interviewing me. And as um, he was interviewing me, Martin's phone call um, started ring, ring, and um, he answered it, and it was Freddie Starr. So he's having a conversation with Freddie. I'm speaking to Desmond Lynham. <laughs> then suddenly Martin Martin hands me the f- the phone, and all I could hear was just this mad, <laughs> it almost barking down down the other end of the phone. It was it was Freddie who was going absolutely crazy, yeah. and uh, I got to meet him a couple of times. And yeah, really nice chap. Really, and it was very sad what happened to him you know yeah. he passed away a couple of years ago that's right yeah, yeah very very sad so look at it i'm just looking very quick i mean you've got so many big winners here it's a job to know which one to sort of home in on really obviously the two national winners were were, were something special but um uh four gold cups uh sorry uh, king george's i mean that's that's pretty impressive um First one, 89 on Desert Orchid, is that right? Yeah, um, I was very lucky. Uh, all the jockeys that uh, before we got on um, on Desert Orchid, um, fortunately for me, ended up retiring. And the first, of course, Colin Bryan was his main rider for for a long time. Yeah. Um, had him when he was very headstrong. He, was, he used to pull uh, very hard. Uh, Desert Orchid was very, very keen, as we say, in racing. And... Um, so Colin rode him to begin with over hurdles, then over fences. Uh, then Colin retired. Simon Sherwood got the ride, won nine races out of ten on him. The only time he was beaten was at Liverpool. He fell that day. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Simon retired. And fortunately for, for me, uh, David Nicholson was very good. Said I was stable jockey to him at the time, but he said, if, if you get the ride on Desert Orchid, take it. I'll do my, my best to, to make sure you can ride him every time. And um, David Ellsworth and, and the, the Burridge family um, asked me to ride him. So big privilege, a lot of pressure. Um, obviously, he was the, like the, the nation's favourite. He was grey, stood out. Everyone loved him. And, um, yeah, it, it was magic. It was um, two brilliant days um, when he won the King George's around, around Kempton. He also won a, a race called the Racing Post Chase uh, there. And he was he was fantastic. He loved he loved Kempton, and and what you know he was always made out to have a, a real character of a horse because um, you know not all horses have got a, sort of a, a strong character. Did you find that with him? Was he, he his own man? Did he sort of do what he wanted? To- yeah, he was. He certainly was. From the first time I I got on him, I I found that out straight away. He was his own man, as you say. <laughs> he wanted to show who was boss. Yeah. And they, the the first time I rode him out to David Ellsworth's um, on the gallop, circular gallop, uh, went Ryan once, and uh, Brendan basically told me Brendan Parley, and I think he Brendan ridden him out a couple of times as well. But Rodney Bolt used to ride him, um, David's head lad, and got on with Desert Orchid very very well, and was able to hold him. 
But all the jockeys that came, he ended up running away with them, and uh, he did the same on me. Very embarrassing <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Um, but um, fortunately, he was a lot better to ride on a race course than he he was at home. Um, the hardest bit probably about riding him on the course was actually getting him down to the start when he, he could be very keen. Mm. Um, but in a race, he, he normally jumps superbly, and um, he sort of left it to him. And certainly around Kempton, he, he knew the course so well. Uh, he, he knew what was re- required of him, and he was he was fantastic to ride. Big privilege. And how did he compare to one man who you also won it on twice? Yeah, one man was a slightly, yeah, a very, very good horse, um, but ran in gold cups and, and certainly didn't get home both both times I rode him in the in the Gold Cup, and then he went back to two miles and won the won the Champion Chase at, at Cheltenham. But in the King George, um, he won well uh, at, at Sandown. The, the race had been cancelled at uh, Kempton um, Boxing Day and postponed to uh, to be run sort of about two weeks later at, at Sandown. It was brilliant. That I have to say that time that was the first time I rode him. I uh, went back to the race the same year then uh, at Christmas. And won the next King George, and he was he was a good horse. You know, Mr. Mulligan was was second to him, fell at the last, would have been second uh, mm. with Tony McCoy, and uh, he was a very very classy horse. But he just didn't get whereas Desert Orchid did get a trip. You know, we say three mm. miles, three and a quarter, quarter miles, winning the Gold Cup. Uh, one man was was probably best at two and a half, two and three quarter quarter miles, or a flat three miles really. Now, I'm getting all my information from Wikipedia. I expect you've come across that in your time. Um, according to this, it says you had 1,874 winners in, in 2000, and you retired in 2002. I retired before that, actually. I, I retired in 99. Um, that was, that was um, my, my last rides were at Perth. I have um, a couple of winners, and then I went to, to America. I had a problem with my neck, uh, 98 and 99, reoccurred in 99, early 99. And I went to a guy, a kinesiologist in um, America after those th- three winners at Perth. And he basically said, your neck's in not very good shape, and I advised <laughs> that you retire. And I spent about three months then, September, October, November, sort of running around a lot more doctors trying to get different opinions, yeah. someone that might get me back into into shape. Uh, but it didn't happen. I actually officially retired in December nineteen ninety nine. Sad day, I imagine, for you, was it? Yeah, it was. It was hard, but it. You know, as a as a jump jockey, you're you're lucky if you know if you you certainly in those days. Um, John Franken retired sort of early thirties, I think. I've uh, been champion so many times, but um, at that stage, we always said if you can make thirty five, you've you've done well, yeah. and that was. That was the I was I was 35 at the time, so I'd love to have ridden till I was 40 or even more, but you know it wasn't possible at the time, and that's that's how it goes. You know, you play sport, you yeah. you will have an early retirement. So um, um, yeah, it's sad, but you've got to move on and you've got to do other things. That's that's just part and parcel of it. Occupational hazard, I guess, and I, I suppose you've probably got a list of bones and um, breaks that you've had from falls. Um, not too bad, really. Um, really. Yeah. I don't. Know, I know AP um, Tony McCoy um, broke many, many bones. Um, yeah. I'm sure Skew broke quite a few. Peter Scudamore. I was very, very lucky. I broke two bones. Broke a bone in my, my hand, and um, did my sternum as well. I had oh. a horse um, land on me, 
and uh, fractured my sternum. But I was I was very very lucky. Obviously, you have concussions. Obviously, I had the injury with the neck that forced me to retire. But uh, as far as um, you know, breaking bones, I was I was really lucky. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. And um, just just going back to so, eighteen seventy four. Is that about right for the number of winners? Or you, you, you... Uh, yep, that's um, that includes um, Ireland. I think um, the winners in Ireland, the winners. It was, I rode one one thousand six hundred and ninety nine winners in in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but then I was riding first first jockey for those last three four years for Edward O'Grady, Dermot Weld in Ireland, and I was lucky had a had a, a couple of you know really good seasons in in Ireland as well. Uh, rode for Willie Mullins a bit, um, brilliant horse called Florida Pearl, as as well. So um, yeah, it was it was a great way. Those last three or four years were definitely most most enjoyable years of of my career. No, so, I'm right. So I know AP's about four thousand odd, isn't it? I think winners. Yeah, right? he's four thousand. Um, yeah, just put show shows my uh, <laughs> the the standard. It's uh, I was. I think I had had the most winners when when I retired, but um, AP very soon passed it. I think it was, it only took him to about 2002 before he he passed my record. And yeah. yeah, absolutely amazing. Both what AP has achieved, but also Richard Johnson now. Um, you know the amount of winners they've they've been absolutely incredible. So where, where does your 1800 odd sort of stand in in the ratings? With you know, I, I, I think. Um, there's Ruby and there's Barry Garrity. I think they they passed me. So if I'm fifth or sixth at the moment, I think that's that's around where I am. Yeah. Well, that's not bad, is it, Richard? Christ, I mean, not bad, but know. hey, yeah. The thing that gets me is when I look at it. You know, eighteen Cheltenham Festival winners, two Grand Nationals, four King Georges. You know, a, cha a champion. Her, it's, it's just incredible. There's probably not a big race that you haven't won. I should think, isn't it? Um, yeah, there were there were one or two, but uh, Champion Chase was was probably top of the list for for me. And and also because I've finished sort of second and third in it quite regularly. I, I think I I was placed in the Champion Chase about six, seven, eight times, um, but never managed to win it. Um, obviously missed missed out on that one Scottish Grand National, but uh, yeah, I was as we go back to so I was very very lucky, and then I had some great horses to ride, and you know, as look back, and there were there were great days, you know. Just just a pretty average jockey, really. Let's 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 not go, go more than that. <laughs> That's what I keep saying anyway. <laughs> yeah. I fell off a lot as well. Don't worry about that. Six hundred and eighty-two falls to add to all those winners. Oh, you kept so, a, um, you kept a count, did you? <laughs> I kept a kept a record of it and um, kept a record of all my rides. I got that from our stable jockey at the time, Hill Davis at, at Tim Foster's. He always kept a record of everything he rode and. I did the same. Started started off as an as an amateur and and, and kept a, a file of every ride and put a comment next to it. <laughs> Just basically so I could look back on that horse if I was ever going to ride him again. That you know you might pick something mm. up about him that uh, some, something that would help in the future. And um, yeah, did that for, on every horse I rode. That was Richard Dunwoody there with a few tips for some up-and-coming jockeys coming our way. Now it's time to go out and about amongst our trainers and jockeys and we'll start with Jamie Snowden. Well, Jamie, first of all, uh, thanks for joining us on the show as usual, but um, you seem to have unearthed a couple of uh, potential stars for the stable. Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Um, 
yeah, it's been uh, been a, an incredible couple of weeks really ever since um, sort of Galo obviously won the Paddy Power and thankfully some uh, some nice horses have, have been running on nice ground and and, and winning, which is uh, which is great. Well, talk to us about um, well passing well first and then Super Survivor. I mean, a first and a second. I mean, obviously passing well was the, the winner, but uh, you know what what can you tell us about him? Um, yeah, so Parson Wells a, a lovely individual. He finished second at the Punchdown Festival um, in the spring. We, we bought him in the summer and put together a partnership, and um, and obviously it started in the best possible way with with him winning at Utopia on Sunday. It was quite a competitive maiden hurdle, but um, there was pretty pretty decent ground. It was soft ground there, and um, obviously there's been a bit of an issue with the ground at the moment. But it was it was lovely ground and. And um, yeah, he, he he won really impressively. It was a long way back to the third horse, and I think it was a pretty good performance. Um, you know, high hopes. You know, for, for future races. Yeah, we'd, um, we set out with the plan of of trying to win a, a maiden hurdle at the end of November, and then um, all being well, going straight to the to the Grade One Challenge hurdle at the end of Newbury, uh, at the end of December at Newbury. So, uh, um, step one is complete. Um, let's hope we can get step step two done. Well, obviously, you feel the potential's there. Um, what about Super Survivor? I mean, he came second, but uh, you know, another another classy-looking individual. He's a very nice horse. He he obviously um, won a couple of novice hurdles from three starts last year. He's a very unexposed individual. He's a six-year-old. He's 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 quite fragile. Um, he's another one. He does like the deep ground. So mm. he only ran the three times last season. He's only run four times now five times in, in his career uh, but certainly he was always going to be a uh, or promised to be a, a better chaser and I think he's going to be a, a lovely staying chaser for the future but um, that was this race was over two miles six he was a bit bit slow into stride early <clears throat> excuse me it took a while to, to warm up but um, the further he went the better he jumped and, and he saw the race out really well so uh, certainly looking forward to stepping him up and drift as the season goes on now, it looks like you've got a slightly quieter weekend than usual um, with just the one runner on Sunday. See the clouds. What can you tell us about him? We've got a couple tomorrow um, on Friday. Sorry, um, That's right, Gino goes, goes um, in a very competitive two-mile handicap, novice handicap chase at the, uh, at the Hennessy meeting. Or it was the Hennessy meeting. It's now the Coral, the coral whatever it is, the Coral meeting. Yeah. Uh, uh, Labricks and whatever it says is now Coral. Yeah, so he, he he goes there. He's um, he's been a, a really promising individual. He won a couple of novice hurdles last year, but he's he's proving a better chaser this year. Having finished second on a seasonal debut, he came at, came out and won very nicely at, at Chepstow. Um, the form of those races have worked out quite well. So, um, looking forward to seeing him out again on on Friday. Um, I think Cornicello will go up to Doncaster on Friday as well. He obviously won last week, which I'm get he's due to go up in the handicap, but obviously runs runs here without a penalty. Um, yeah. as last week was a conditional jockey's race so he'll go there see the clouds is in on Sunday he's not going to go he ran on Monday um, he finished second but he had a pretty hard race on soft ground so um, I only put him in there just in case he won and again he would escape a penalty but um, no, I think he's going to have a, a little break now and, and is he uh, see the stars um, is he any relation to see the stars the name sounds familiar yeah, no, um, no, no relation, unfortunately. No, oh, okay, <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> just a thought, exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, well, thanks, Jamie. That's good. It's all sounding, uh, you know, just the run goes on, doesn't it? I mean, you know, maybe not as intense as the six winners in a week as it was, but I mean, certainly, you know, it's all going really well at the moment for you. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's um, it's been a been a wonderful well, it's been a wonderful month really. So, um, but yeah, uh, we've only got sort of fifty odd horses in the yard. So uh, we've we've run quite a few in the in the last few weeks. So it, it will be quiet over the next ten days or so. But um, hopefully we can get back going again soon after. Would you say this is the sort of most successful spell in your whole career, as uh, in, in terms of you know longevity and the number of races and, and winners you've had? Yeah, I mean, obviously um, we've we've won some nice races in the past, but the, I suppose the Paddy Powers. I, I suppose there are there are two big handicap chases this side of Christmas: the Paddy Power, the Paddy Power, and, and the Hennessy, um, mm. or whatever the uh, Coral Cup or, as it yeah. is on, on on Saturday. So um, yeah, it's, to, obviously to win one of those was was incredible. Good. Well, keep it up. Keep it up. We certainly will try. It's all down to Three Valleys Radio's racing show. That's what I say. Exactly. <laughs> quite right, Eddie. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks, Jamie, for that, and. Uh, Good luck over the weekend, and we'll speak to you on uh, next week sometime. Look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. All the best. Thanks a lot. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Now we're going to talk to Joe Tizard, who had a very unfortunate week last week with two seconds in big graded races on Saturday. Uh, but he's having another go. He's not put off, and he's got three entries potentially in the Coral Gold Cup. So let's see what Joe's got to say about them. Well, hi, Joe. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um First of all, how unlucky was last weekend? Oh, nearly a very good weekend, wasn't it? Um, yeah, very nearly. Yeah, no, it was a nice winner at Ascot, and, and you know, El Dorado, Alan ran his heart out, and um, you know, we were delighted with him, and then big breakaway, um, just what just missed out, so um, it wasn't looking very good for the first circuit anyway with him, but then he warmed up and got into it, and I thought he deserved the win the way he jumped the last, but um, yeah, that's racing, he was nearly there. Yeah, well, it was a peculiar run, though. I mean, what, what do you put that down to? Because, I mean, it looked like he was almost going to be pulled up at one stage. Yeah, I, I think... I, I'm hoping that it's it's more a case of confidence with him. You know, he, he struggled with sore shins last year, and um, and I just wonder whether he thought, hang on a minute, it's going to hurt any second. And then once once he'd gone a mile and a half and realised that it wasn't, he then he then sort of let himself down a bit better and then travelled into it really well. But, yeah. um, you know... The proof of being a pudding in his next run, but that's what that's what I'm sort of clutching on to at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he 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 was far short of winning the race after all. I mean, if he'd run sort of sensibly right the way through, he would have probably won it, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Nearly. I mean, whether he had a little bit up his hat sleeves, but um, you know, he, he jumped the last to win his race. He went half length up. He just um, he's yeah. just a bit unlucky in the end, but. You know, that's racing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've got uh, quite a few in the Coral Gold Cup on Saturday. Are they all likely to go? And if so, um, you know, which ones do you fancy the most? Well, yeah, I, I am going to declare all um, all three. I, um, you know, there's, I don't think there's too much between Fiddler on the Roof and Oscar's Elite. Um, Fiddler was obviously second in it last year. This year he's got five pounds more, but... Um, you know, the lovely prep running around really well at Kempton, and he's been been targeted for this race. So, hoping he can run another another big race in it. Oscar's a league. Um, he he ticks a lot of the boxes. You know, so he's a second season chaser, and um, he ran really well in the Ultima. We just tweaked his win through the tweaked his win through the summer. Again, had a lovely prep run, and, and this has been a target. He scored brilliantly this morning, and um, I'm looking forward to running him. Yeah. And and young Freddie's going to be riding Lost in Translation, is he still? Yeah, so Freddie's going to ride him. You know, we were actually we were planning on taking Lost elsewhere, but the ground just went too soft for him, and then um, 
so we haven't been able to run him. We want to run him on real good ground, which we'll get at Newbury. Um, you know, Fred Fred actually rode him in a in a race course gallop and around the point point course last last year and jumped fences and that on him and he, and he loved it. So uh, it's really good the owners to give Fred a ride in a in a huge race and um, the old boy might just just enjoy having having a kid on his back and sort of half running away with him and that. Yeah, but I mean, he can he can claim. Is it ten pounds he claims? Seven for me. Seven. He is it? Ten to uh, he's lost his ten pound claim now, anyway. So oh. he's, seven, he's just seven. But even so, I mean, that must help in the in the overall look, equation, as it were. Well, that's it. He's, you know, the, the loss has dropped to hundred and fifty, so effectively he'll be running off hundred and forty-three. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, it's got to help. You know, horses rated high one sixties at one point. Well, look, I hope you have a, a, a far more successful weekend than last weekend, really, because if we could get two wins or, you know, a first and a second or something, it would be really good for you after last weekend. No, it'd be lovely. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks for joining us so quickly. Well, that was Joe Tizard over there in Melbourne, Paul, and we wish him all the best on Saturday. Now we're going to catch up with Richard Phillips and see what tips he's got for us this weekend. Hey. Well, good evening, Richard. Um... Another big weekend of racing coming up at Newbury uh, and obviously Newcastle. So I'm presuming you're going to be talking about the Coral Gold Cup and the Fighting Fifth. Am I right? Certainly am. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. It's one of the best races of the year. The Coral Gold Cup uh, has had other names in the past, but fair play to Corals for sponsoring it. So we've definitely known it as the Coral now, and it's going to be a great race. It's always a great test of stamina. It's always an exciting race. And often horses that win this race go on and win better races. So, uh, yeah, we've got Coral Rambler. Coral Rambler is the favourite. Um, remastered, he won over hurdles last time for the Pipe Camp uh, at Aintree. He looks a horse. I think he's got a big each-way chance. And, of course, Colin Tizard's son, looking for the uh, Joe, is looking for his first win in the race. His father having won it, but Fiddler on the Roof, uh, Oscar Elite, and Lost in Translation uh, are, are all there this time. So, um, and there's an outsider called Sam Brown who's drifting the betting a bit, but I think there's a good race in Sam Brown. He won at entry um, at the end of last season. He ran a cracker behind Brave Man's Game at Weatherby recently. So, it's an open race. It's a real betting medium. Reason bookmakers sponsor it is because it's the sort of race that makes money for bookmakers because it's so open. But it's uh, it's an exciting chase round Newbury, and jump racing doesn't get much better than that. I'll tell you something before you move on to the other races. Um, first of all, on on Joe Tizard, I spoke to Joe uh, this afternoon. Um, I was surprised he had three runners, but he said no, he's going to go with all three, all being well, unless there's any sort of last minute change of the going or what have you. So uh, and of course he's got his young grandson, no nephew, but uh, Colin's grandson, uh, Freddie Gingell on on um, Lost in Translation, which will be uh, quite an interesting one, I suppose, because he can take on uh, what was it? He said seven pounds off. I think he can take off. Yeah, absolutely. He looks like a very promising jockey. He's obviously got um, the genes in him. He's mm. he's not one who worries too much about it. He's got that sort of. Uh, magic touch that good horsemen have he looks like a promising promising rider and uh, yes it'll be an amazing story if he were to win this one lost in translation a fantastic horse mm. uh, and uh, if if he's back to near his best he'll win it mm. and then the other one you mentioned was Sam Brown now I know that the owner of Sam Brown he, his, he, his, uh, his son's at our cricket club and um, uh, he comes up the club a lot now uh, Will said that they're they're Hoping to run him, but 
they're thinking that maybe they may go to the many many clouds at uh, at Aintree. It depends on the going, I think, at the end of the day. But I mean, he, he's he's run really well in his last two races, hasn't he, Sam Brown? He has. He doesn't want to ground very very soft by look of his form. Mm. Um, so, but they've been like a lot of controversy at the weekend about the good horses coming out. We'll get on to the old fighting fifth in a minute. Constitution Hill going for that, but of course he didn't run last Saturday. And they're blaming trainers, but blame the weather, I'm afraid. We've had freak dips in summer, and a lot of race tracks simply haven't had enough water. Mm. And uh, I know it might be pouring down, but it really is trying to make up for lost time, a lot of these race tracks. So Newbury, funnily enough, the Clark, of course, has been saying that that ground has been like taking all the rain, as it were, and it needs lots of it. But there's been a fair bit around this way, and there's the forecast varies a bit this week, but hopefully that ground will be nice and safe, certainly. Yeah. And Sam... Wouldn't want it heavy. He hasn't run very well in heavy ground in the past. And when he won at uh, Aintree, it was proper nice, good to soft ground. And, of course, Anthony Hannibal's running quite well at the moment. He's had a few winners I've seen popping up here and there. So uh, that's a good omen. Uh, trainers in form. Uh, mm. Huge thing. And uh, uh, I think the top weight is uh, Venetia Williams. I don't know if she goes there with that one. But uh, Venetia's horses are coming to form. And, uh, you know, that, that's why it's such an exciting. She won the race last year. That's why it's such an exciting race. Yeah. Um, a lot of lot of top trainers have targeted this race for a long time, and uh, it's one of the big handicaps of the year, and they really want to win it. So it's going to be a great race. Yeah, absolutely. And what about Newcastle then? What's the weather like up that way? Well, before we go to Newcastle, it was a fantastic novice chase, uh, the John Franken novice chase. Um, bless him, the legendary jockey, John Franken. They name a novice chase in, in his name every... Um, meeting at this meeting at Newbury and that's a cracking race. Got Time Hillman, fabulous, Celino Bello, um and Beauport who won last time out at Carlisle for the Twist and Davis Cup. That's gonna be a cracking race the novice chase earlier in the card of the Coral. But moving on to Newcastle, uh yes, the Fighting Fifth always one of the best champion hurdle trials there is. Um Epitant, uh, dead heated we're not so sleepy in the past in this race. Both go for this race again. But, of course, Constitution Hill has been rerouted here. So Henderson has two in the race, uh, Constitution Hill and Epitont. So it's going to be a cracking race. Two miles around Newcastle, good galloping track. And uh, we'll have thought the ground would be safe up there. And uh, Constitution Hill's favourite. But um, you've still got to go and do it. So it'll be a fascinating race. Well, let's hope we don't have an Argentina or a West Germany when it comes to Constitution Hill then. No, absolutely. Uh, but I would have thought uh, uh, my money would be on Constitution Hill rather than those uh, uh, football matches, as it were, because I think yeah. Constitution Hill, anything like the horse that turned up at Cheltenham Festival last year, he's unbeatable. Yeah. Uh, no no one has seen a horse destroy an opposition like he did in that race, and no, it really was no. a scintillating performance. But, you know, they don't always do it, so that's why... and. Nicky Henderson, a great trainer, will be training for one week of the mm. year. That's the Cheltenham Festival. So, yeah, Constitution yeah. Hill won't be wound up to hell to win this race. He'll be wound up to win the champion hurdle next March. But um, yeah. hopefully, it'll be a great race. Good. Well, I hope so. And uh, so, are you going to? Obviously, you're tipping Constitutional Hill. Which? What, what are you going to come down on in the uh, the Coral Coral Cup? I think, as I say, it's one of those races where it really is difficult to um, pick out a winner. But So I'm an each-way man, uh, remastered uh, the David Pipe camp, ran a cracker 
uh, Aintree over hurdles. I thought it was a great prep for this race. He's a galloper. He jumps and he stays. And if he doesn't win it, I think he'll be in the three. Excellent. Thank you, Richard. That's just what we wanted. So um, I've got my fingers crossed for Joe Tizard because he's a local man and he's a lovely bloke, Joe. So I hope after having those two seconds last week, which must have been, you know... <laughs> Pretty bad luck, really, to get two like that, wasn't it? But uh, there you go. It's all, all part of racing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, he's got a great chance in all three, really. So um, yeah. it's going to be a great race, but um, remastered for me. Right. OK, Richard, thank you very much. We will speak to you next week. Well, now it's time to catch up with inform jockey Gavin Sheehan. Hi, Gavin. Um, good to have you on the show. Um, just wanted to have a chat with you, really, about the runners you've got over the weekend in particular. Um, you've got a few at Doncaster and Newbury, I think, is it? Yeah, yeah, Newbury tomorrow and uh, Doncaster then on Saturday. Well, let, let's talk about tomorrow's first then. Um, that's all right, Gino. Another one of Jamie Snowden's. You must be fairly confident riding that. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a lovely horse. Um, he, uh, he finished second first time out over fences to Boot Hill. Um, Although Boot Hill won easy, but we came out and won again next time, um, and he was very impressive. Very happy with him, um, and the way he went. To be fair, um, so yeah, um, hopefully he'll have a good old chance tomorrow. And I'd like to know. I'd like to know. Yeah, he's a he's a lovely horse, Chris Gordon's um, lovely big, tall, rangy type. Um, he won around Worcester um, first time out over hurdles, um, but he, he's very much a work in progress. I think. Um, He'll be a lovely horse next year when he develops, but he'll still have a good old chance tomorrow, I think, hopefully. Yeah. And then uh, Scandiburg. Scandiburg, yeah. He's um, a horse I used to ride for um, Ollie Murphy, and um, he, he was owned by Kate and Andrew Brooks. And uh, since he's gone to, to Paige Fuller's um, parents. But um, yeah, I worked him there a couple of weeks ago. He seems in good old form. Um, you know, if we go a good strong gallop in that race, hopefully he'll um, come through at the end. Um, he, he can finish with a with a flourish, but yeah. hopefully he'll get him on a on a good day. Okay, well then moving on to Doncaster on Saturday, you've got four rides there. Uh, rare edition. Yeah, he's a lovely horse of Charlie Longstons. Um, I think he, he should have a good old chance um, in that race. So hopefully he'll be going up there. I think that'll be my main one up there for the day. Will it? Yeah. And going on, you've got Happy Index? Yeah. Um, finished second last in a bumper first time out. Um, you know, I, I'd say it could be a bit of a learning curve, really. Um, yeah. Hopefully improve. Um, improve for her. And then Farron? <laughs> yeah. Um, don't know an awful lot about him. Paddy Neville trains him. Um, but he, he, he said to me the other day that he was in good old form and... Um, he said it's a lovely horse. Okay, and finally, Crystal Murr. Yeah, wouldn't know anything about that other than that it's by See the Stars, um, and it's a junior junior bumper, really. Um, but Paul Weber, he, he's done well in bumpers before, and um, hopefully uh, that, 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 is, that could go well. Is the going up around Do uh, Doncaster all right? I mean, is, have they had a lot of rain up north, do you know? Um. They've had plenty of rain up there, but it's not kind of. Doncaster's always usually a track that um, 
developed to take the rain. So hopefully, um, yeah, I'd imagine it'll just be good ground. It'll probably, probably go to solve maybe. Yeah, that's okay then. Good. Well, thank you, uh, Gavin, for coming on. Um, have a good weekend and let's have a few winners there, eh? Oh, touch wood. Thanks very much. Lovely job. Thanks for that. Speak to you next week, okay? Well, that was uh, Gavin Sheehan, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson as he strives to find that lucky 15. Well, good evening, Dave. Thanks for joining us on the show again. How did the lucky 15 do last week? Well, we was about level on it again. We had uh, a big issue with these non-runners at the moment, which yeah. I don't really want to get into a debate about. Does Nicky Henderson mean to run a horse, or does he enter it just for the fun of it, or whatever else. I think Nicky Henderson's a great trainer and uh, if he decides to go in is not adequate for his horse, which is in the region of about half a million pounds of horse at the minimum, well, you have to respect the trainer's decision. Yeah. So uh, I think that's about all we need to say on the subject. Okay. At the moment, we all know it's soft on top and firm underneath because the water table is not at the levels it's meant to be at. Yeah. And I've just sat there and watched the news and... Uh, They've said they've had 120% of this month's rainfall already, so uh, mm. I don't know how much more rain we need to get the water table back up, but yeah. how's it all gone? So I don't know. That's all we need to get the strain from. But anyway, we've got some cracking racing on at Newbury on uh, Friday and Saturday this week, so uh, we're going to have a look at uh, Lucky 15 at Newbury on Saturday for everyone. Okay. And uh, we're going to start off with the first race, they have a 12 15. Now, Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville team up with a horse called Lucia, or Lucia, I don't know how they pronounce it, but she's priced up currently at two to one, which I know is being very well supported by punters, because I've been trying to get on it myself at the moment. Uh, now, this mare, Philly, she looked out of the top draw when she won at Sandown last year, but prior to that, she beat a horse called Blow Your Wad, now, Blow Your Wad has come out and he's run second to a very good horse of Noel Feely and Dave Cross's uh, Tamaris. And then he come out and run fourth in a Class 1 Grade 2 event up at Aintry behind Lookaway. And then Louis Chia come out and beat Blow Your Wad six and a half lengths and didn't even look like she'd had a race. So that shows the class of her. And then next time out, as I say, she come out at Sandown and she won by 17 lengths. And well, she didn't even come off a bridle in that race, so uh, I don't know how good she is, but all of the form that I'm looking at compared to the horses that she beat, their form looks good quality, and she's just absolutely destroyed them and put them in their place. So mm. uh, two to one about, it looks to be absolute terrific value for me, and she's going to start off our lucky 15 on Saturday. So that's Lucia in the 12-15. I tell you what, I tend to blow my wad every bloody week. <laughs> I don't know how because you've got the likes of Mr. Snowden who's on a big roll at the moment and yeah. everyone's getting the winners all over the show but he had a very nice winner up at Utoxeter at the weekend Mr. Yeah. Snowden called Passing Well was it? Well. Passing yeah. Well yeah, yeah. they paid a good deal of money for and uh, the horse that comes second to it issue an authority I've actually got a share in and he's very highly regarded by Nicky Henderson so uh, I think them two horses over the next 18 months are going to come to the fore and uh, produce some very good runs between them because they had a very good ding-dong battle over that race at Utoxeter, so uh, yeah. very nice to see. So. No, I was on passing well, don't worry. 
I didn't. No, I didn't right. blow my wad on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I blew me wad on the second. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Anyway. Anyway, on to the second leg of our lucky fifteen. We're going to be looking at the one twenty race at Newbury on Saturday, and the one we like here is called Cap du Nord. Uh, Alice Collier takes a ride. He's a seven pound claimer, and he's based with Christian Williams, trainer of this horse. Now, this horse is second bottom weight in this race. Now, if we just look back in his form book, only only slightly back to February of this year, he won the Cole Trophy, which is a Class 1 Grade 3 event at Kempton. Now, he showed up very well at Wing Canton on uh, Bonfire on the 5th of November. He finished third behind Froden. So, obviously, he's got some very good form in the bank. He's been dropped two pounds in the handicap by the handicapper, He's got Ellis Collier on his back, who takes another seven pound off. And obviously, being a class one grade three winner, second bottom weight in this race here, with loads of weight coming off his back compared to what he's run with this year, I think he looks tremendous value. And he's priced up at around about 10 to 1 at the moment. So that's going to be Captain Ord in the 120 at Newbury. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Moving down to the 155, you're going to like this one Malakahana. Uh, CJ Todd takes a ride from Ian Williams. Now, she's won her last three hurdle races. Now, they've been at Kempton, Newbury and Cheltenham. So, obviously, very good standard of racing. And she's also won her last two flat races, which have been very recent. One of them at Ascot and one of them at Newmarket. So, you can't get much more quality than the tracks that she's won at. Kempton, Newbury, Cheltenham on the hurdles. Ascot and Newbury, Newmarket on the flat. Now, she's only a four-year-old improving filly, and she's very, very likeable. And I was actually at Kempton when she won, and she quickened up over the last hurdle there, and she just ran away from the field. And I think, again, another one that's very low in the weights and not carrying too much. And she's priced up if you get on quickly with her at the moment at 16 to 1 with Corals. And I just think that she's going to make up into a very useful Philly mare. And uh, I know she's been well supported at quite a few times when she's won these races. So they, they do like the look of her at home. And as I say, I like the look of her when she won at Campton. So uh, Malakahana in the 155 race. Okay. Moving down to the last one, the 230 we're going for here, and a horse called Teddy Blue. Jamie Moore takes a ride for Gary Moore, his father. Now, this looked a very, very serious horse. Again, it was in a, in a race on that Kempton car back in February. He comes to challenge at the final hurdle, and he stumbled really badly. But the thing to note is the horse that he was going to come up and go past was Knight Salute at Milton Harris's, who's obviously come out and won grade one races at Aintree since when he, when he dead heated with Pike Piper and got disqualified. So that's the standard of Teddy Blue. Now, he come out... Uh, Fontwell, I think it was, about a week or ten, ten days ago, a little bit further than that, it may have been, and he won by just 20 lengths that day, so it shows the form of Teddy Blue, and as, as I say, he was going to beat Knight's salute, in my opinion, without a stumble in that race at Kempton, so if he runs to that standard, there's not a lot in this race that's going to get near him, and at the moment, again, he's priced up at 9-2, to two, but he is going to be supported this all, so uh, that's the four we've got for you for the lucky 15 this week, mate, so uh, 
hopefully we'll be able to finally get four runners that actually compete all on the same day soon. And uh, that'll be an achievement in itself, I think, the way things have gone at the recent meetings. So uh, we shall... OK, Dave, well, thanks for that, mate. We will uh, hopefully crack it this week. And, um... Well, that was Dave Wilson. And as night follows day, who's coming up now? Yeah, you've got it. It's Colin Brown. Well, good evening, Colin. Been to the Xmas Fair today, I hear. <laughs> well, that's what happens. You know, I live in a little old village, just um, not far from... Your listeners might have been there walking, actually. The White Horse Hill. So we're sort of like... You know, it's a bit of a sort of valley, really, from um, Bishopston. It's called Bishopston across to Wantage. Some pretty little villages, and I live in one of those. Yeah, there was a Christmas fair, so... The wife wanted to go, and would I drive her down? And I said, oh, I'd put on a pair of trousers, dress up a little bit, you know, and yeah. um, go on down there and look round. So I did that, and I saw Lucy Sherwood there selling some nice towels and napkins and stuff. She, of course, is married to Simon Sherwood, who's um, director and clerk of the course at Ludlow, and then took over Riding Desert Orchid when I retired. So um, it was nice to see her, and I saw a few other... Uh, girl ladies there that I knew because uh, it was mainly ladies really I'm afraid mm. apart from some man selling cigars you wouldn't think they'd be selling cigars would you for trying to get healthier selling cigars but mm. actually what they were was salami put into cigar cases so oh, okay. they weren't too unhealthy after all well I'm sure you enjoyed yourself anyway well I wasn't there too long but it was alright yeah yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about extra anyway, fares, we're here to talk about racing. Racing and getting a few winners, that's what we want. We're going to go to Doncaster, okay. um, and then we're going to go to Newcastle, and right. then we'll come back down to Newbury, which is where I will be. Okay, Newbury. that's fine. So let, yeah, let's crack away at Doncaster, because... In the first at Doncaster, at 12.05, there's a horse trained by Chris Gordon running called Blame the Game. And um, I think this horse will win. His horse is in terrific form. This horse has run, I don't know, 17 times. It's won five times, one at Fontwell last time. Um, and they've only put it up a couple of pounds. This is a conditional jockey's race, and he's got, a good jockey on it called Carolyn Quinn, who rides a bit for, well, he rides for um, Gary Moore. And I think it's a win. It's called Blame the Game. Okay. 05, Doncaster. Right. All easy so far. That's um, right. The next race. Uh, the next race is a horse, there's a horse that won at Newcastle, was trained by Ivan Furtado, who's a good trainer. Um, now gone to Jenny Candish at one at Newcastle the other day by two and a half lengths quite nicely. It's called Matchless. And I think this horse is really worth following, to be perfectly honest. It beat the favourite that day, which was Hidalgo de Lille. Um, it took a keen hold in the race, but always going easily and won nicely. And I think he will win today. So well, that's called Matchless in our second race, 1240. Before I rang you, I was on the phone to yeah. a, a certain Mr. Gavin Sheehan. And oh, yes. he told me that he yeah. was looking at Rare Edition as being his main ride of the day. 
So yeah, jolly long as this. There you go. Well, it won at Worcester last time out. Before that, I won at Stovall. Uh, and then it was second and fourth in point to points. No, I would say he'd be a big, big danger. Uh, rare edition. And so, you know, if you fancy rare edition, let's, let's just back him. If not, put them in a reverse exact. So not big prices, but I think that is the result of the race. Righty hat. Okay, then. Where are we going now, then? Ah, uh, well, I think we're going to just hang around a little bit up there at uh, Doncaster. Um, you know, they have a lot of flat racing at Doncaster, so they've got, uh, you know, jump racing now. They've had a bit of rain. Everything's um, in pretty good form up there, I would say. And uh, what wins the 222, I think it's called Nothing to Ask. It's trained by Fergal O'Brien. It's got top weight, but it's quite a nice type of horse. It won easily at Chepsa from Fernhill last time out. Before that, it was placed at Utoxta, and I think that will win. So that's the 222, Donny, number whatever it is. Number Fern one. Uh, number one, that would be. Yeah. Number one for an L. Okay. Um, right, let's move to Newcastle. And of course, at Newcastle, we have. God, where do the years go? We've got the fighting fifth once more in the 210. Fighting fifth hurdle. And uh, I remember winning this one year. You know, I, I you can fly to Don to Newcastle for a reasonable price, I don't know, fifty, sixty quid or something, whatever it is. Yeah. Um but I remember winning this race back in nineteen eighty seven. Uh eighty seven, ninety seven, two oh seven, two seventeen. Oh my god, that's like thirty five years ago on Oscar Floyd and the owner owned a hotel near Windsor. And yeah, he had a right old party the night before, but it's getting on an early plane. And he said, I'll see you there, Colin, the airport, and I'll, buy you, I'll, I'll pay for your ticket. I'm waiting, 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 waiting. And um, I didn't have any money with me, really, because I was waiting for him to come pay for my ticket. But luckily, I had, that'll do nicely, an American Express card. Anyhow, I paid the ticket, 150 quid it was back in 90, I remember. 1987, I got up to Doncaster and the owner arrived really late. I think he just about got there because he missed that plane, had to go whatever, I don't know where he got someone to drive him or something. Anyhow, he got there uh, just in time to watch it win. Oh. Made all, won the fight in fifth. Good old Floyd, eh? I backed Floyd so many times and he never let me down. Great horse. He was a blooming fantastic horse, yeah. he really was a great horse. Yeah, maroon uh, and yeah. light blue, wasn't he? Yeah, God, you've got a good memory, but you are quite old, isn't it? Yeah, well, um, right. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. on Two ten. Let's, let's have a look. Yeah, well, I'm going to have a look at 11.55, actually, up there at Weatherby's, at um, Newcastle, should I say, to start with. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple of quite interesting ex-flat horses running here. Um, and there's a horse that could just win first time out here. He's brought by a long way. Darrell Jacob rides it for Richard Hughes. And this is a 69 rated horse on the flat. He won at Windsor on Good to Soft in August. Um, and then he won at Wolverhampton in October. He's called Tessie Ladd. And he runs in the 11.55. I mean, I can't see why Richard Hughes would take him all the way to Newcastle unless he thought he'd jump really well at home and was well capable of winning because they're a long way to go to uh, get beat. But, you know, they do uh, travel the more <clears throat> nowadays than they used to. 
Anyhow. Okay. I, I'll find you a winner in the uh, one o'clock. And uh, Tom Scudamore rides this one for Michael Scudamore's brother. And it's called Mo Fassa. Um, it's won its last two. It'll win again. You can stick it in your doubles and trebles. Luke and Morgan rides it, actually, for Michael Scudamore. That's what I meant to say. Um, what else wins up there? Um, I'm going to look at the fight in fifth now. And the fighting fifth at 210. And because, you know, Henderson uh, deemed the ground not good enough for his horse to run on Saturday, on last Saturday, he takes Constitution Hill up here. And Constitution Hill, you know, is nine to four on favourite. It's a, a very short price. And I know he's a very good horse. But I'll tell you what's won this race. A couple of uh, times beat not so sleepy or dead easy were not so sleepy last year that one of the year before and that's epitan and to be honest she's getting seven pounds because she's a filly and epitan around about four to one i'd rather back her than constitutional at nine to two on so that's what i think okay well Could just turn over the ends and awesome probably our listeners are going to say no nah, no nah, that won't happen but you know, they're both there as a big prize, big, big prize. I think they're up there doing their best, so it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if that happened. Okay, fair enough. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll watch and see. I was going to back Constitution Hill, but not a 7 to 2 on. But, uh, no, not a 9 to 2 on. I mean, you, uh, can have, you can have 9 to. Well, Mary might have a big bet, because what you can do here is if you think Constitution Hill is going to win, what you do. Is you don't muck about small money. You have nine thousand pounds on <laughs> yeah. to win two, yeah. and then at the end of the day, two grand's a very good uh, amount of money to earn a day. You've probably earned it many times yeah. a day, but, yeah, but it's, it's a good amount of money to earn a day. But if you lose a nine grand, then that's not so good. No, and I'm I'm trying to raise eight billion pounds to buy Manchester United, so I can't really afford to go mad on this, you know. No, I know what you mean. I think you might have to keep up in your game a bit because I see all the Arabs are absolutely... You've got one of the Faisal, you know, Prince Faisal, someone, yeah. uh, one of those Arabs is, is looking to pay a lot of money for it. He's mm. very keen on Meze, keen on your man who's just got the sack from Man U, what's he called, Ronaldo? Cristiano, um, yeah. yeah. Cristiano, yeah. So I think you're going to find that this is going to be Man City's owned by someone from, I believe, Bahrain or somewhere. I think you're going to get an Arab owning Man U very soon. Mm. I would be surprised to see Apple because there's there's a lot of talk that Apple are interested in taking it over. So, you know, you never really? know. That's what they're saying. That's what I mean. I don't know. I'm only going by what I read on the websites and that, but uh, I know they've got the money. That's for certain. So anyway, keep going. Well, one more winner for you, um, Castle, and it's cool. He's a great old horse. What, what race White. is it in? In the 325, number two, he's called I Wright. And he was second at um, Kelso the other day. But what everybody probably doesn't know, he's about 11 to 2. Good price, back at each way, getting money back if he's only third. But what probably uh, a lot of people don't know is he lost a shoe. And I tell you, what, it's a bit like Cinderella. You know, if you go run to that ball and you lose a blooming shoe, you can't run quite as fast. Mm. Um, so if you lose, you know, this horse lost a shoe and um, I think it possibly cost him the race. So mm -hmm. I think he'll win the 325. And you were seen trailing on behind in his wake, were you? 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Let's get down to Newbury. And Newbury. Newbury. We've got a great meeting in Newbury. 26. Newbury, right, okay. Newbury it is. That's where I think um, that's where I think Mary will be betting at Newbury. Possibly she might uh, get the train up from the West Country, I would have thought. Wow. I'll have a weekend out in Newbury. It's a great place, Newbury. Great yeah. weekend. All my sons are going there racing. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. It's brilliant. Okay. Right. What wins for 12.15 at Newbury? I think it will go to a horse that's got a nice form called Lucia. Um, now, Nico de Boinville would have been riding this one. It won a national flat race last year at Sandown, a listed race. Um, it's pretty smart. Shorter jump and well-schooled. I would say this will win. It's the favourite. Now, um... Nicky Henson's horse has not been in great form. He's had 29 winners since April. But I think now is the weekend to start backing him. This is when he gets really revved up and gets them going. So I think your man to follow the weekend is Nicky Henderson. Um, 12.45 Newbury. I, talk, I was talking to John Franklin the other night. And um, poor old Johnny lost his dad a couple of weeks ago. And um, anyway, I had a good old long chat with him couple of days ago and um he'll be there because they name a race coral name a race after him the coral john frankham novices chase i think john's won this race in the past um and in the past 10 years i can tell you that paul nichols has won it three times colin tizard now of course joe's trained them has won it three times um it's a very good race what wins at this time? Well, I think it's going to be Hobbsy. He's got a nice horse called Time Hill. Now, Time Hill has been favourite for a lot of the big races like the Stairs Hurdles over the years. And he's now gone steeplechase here. Slightly uh, late age in life, if you like. But he's a blooming good horse. And I think Time Hill will win the John Franklin chase. I really do. Okay, fair enough. And that's at 12.45, excuse me. Uh, right. At Newbury still, the 120, what wins it? Looks hard. This is the Sir Peter O'Sullivan Memorial. What a great commentator Peter O'Sullivan was. And what a great man. I mean, he did a lot for horse racing and he did a lot uh, for people. He was a lovely guy. Sadly, no longer with us. But I don't know what wins this race. I think it looks too hard. So I'm moving on to the Coral Racing Handicap Hurdle. Um, right, I was, um, oh, um the other day, but, um, where, where, yeah, <laughs> when the horse called Lord Battersley won, and I know they saw a lot of him last year, he ran some really good races, and he won nicely, will have given his confidence, uh, given him a lot of confidence, they did stick him up nine pounds but lord Baddersley each way could be the one to have a few quid on um okay. here <clears throat> here at uh here at um, newbury okay uh right we are going on the walk to 30 now um it's like, oh yes i've got a winner for oh, you here oh yes in the 230 is the um Coral Bet Bundles Intermediate Handicap Hurdlers. 
the old Jerry Field, and I think I won it back in the day. Um, and there's a horse I've been following. It came out and won the other day. It's called Picar. The form of his races are excellent, and I think that will win. It's about three to one. Number five, Picar in the 230 at um, Newbury. Okay. Right, I think you know a bit about this race, boss. Um, it's the Coral Gold Cup, formerly the Labrock Trophy. And before that, uh, uh, since 19, gosh, 51, it was a Hennessy Trophy. Yeah. And there's 16 runners. A lot of bookmakers will be going first two, uh, first four. Um, but hopefully a lot of them will be going first five. So we shall see. It's a really good race. But I know you've been talking to Joe Tizard today. So tell us about Joe's runners in the race. Well, yeah, so I spoke to John, John, Joe, because I could see that he'd got three runners, which is perhaps unusual to have three runners in one race. I mean, I know it's good £142,000 prize money at stake, so that's worth having. And he said yeah. that um, he thought hard and long about it, and he thought that he, he wanted to see how they went, uh, so he was going to stick to his guns and keep them in there. Um, obviously, Fiddler on the Roof would be presumably his his elected winner but who knows but then he's got harry cobden riding on oscar elite and i'm pretty certain without looking back in my book that oscar elite was one of his five to follow if i remember rightly um so you've got harry harry cobden on that one and then his his little nephew um freddie gingell he's riding lost in translation so right. um you know yeah oscar elite was in his five to follow so you know, you take your money and you pays your, you know, takes your choice. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think if I think Lost in Translation would have to come back to his very best to win this race. Personally, I don't know what you think. Um, but the other two, Fiddler on the Roof and Oscar Elite, two great jockeys on them, both got a chance. Same price in the betting. Very difficult to separate them, really. I think. Yeah, no, wouldn't it be brilliant if Lost in Translation won? Because Colin Tizard, of course, he's won it um, quite a few times before with Native River. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's he, and uh, he's a great horse. Um, and, he, you know, he, he's had some great horses running in it. Yeah. But uh, Lost in Translation, of course, is his grandson, isn't it? That's it's right, yeah, Colin's grandson, yeah. Son yes. of the lovely daughter that sadly died. Um so, yeah, that would be great. I really think, um, you know, he, he could have... I mean, Lost in Translation was very good. He won the novice hurdle that's run on Friday, the first race that was run on Friday. He, he won that a few years ago. He's a very, very good horse. Yeah, and he's claiming um, £7 as well, which will help. Yeah, he does. He claims £7 for yeah. Joe Tizard. Yeah, ten, he's a 10-year-old. He's 20 to 1-ish. Fiddler on the Hoof is about... Um, Roof is about 9 to 1. And I know I did a thing with Brendan Powell the other day. He said they just, you know, got him right at a nice run in a race the other day. Finished uh, no match for the first two, but he ran a good race. The um, top weight is Fanyan Destravel. Um, Venetia Williams uh, trains this one. Venetia did have a winner a couple of days ago, but she's, uh, she's had a couple of winners this week. So her tides are starting to turn. But, you know... It's a very difficult race. Bustleton comes over from Ireland from the stable of uh, Joseph O'Brien, a winner at the Stole last time out, second at um, Galway the time before in a hurdle race. You've got also like Corrick Rambler, 
who's a pretty decent horse. I th- do you know, it is a very, very difficult race, isn't it? It really is a difficult race. Um, but I'm going to throw you one that could just go and run well. And Evan Williams trains it. He had a big winner last weekend with Cool Cody, although there was only two runners. And this horse is called uh, Anne Sam. It's owned by um, Wayne Clifford, bred by the Cliffords. Um, and uh, they own um, what they call Bathwick Tires. And this horse, Anne Sam, off 137, Adam Wedge Riser, could, I think, run a big race. So that's the horse I'm going to go for. And that is... Uh, that is Anne Sam in the big one, the Coral Trophy. We've got a Bathwick tyres in Yeovil. Well, there you go. He's got a lot of Bathwick tyres placed about. He's a mm. lovely guy, him and Sarah, and uh, and and lovely family, and um, and actually probably worth a couple of bob, I'd say. Mm, well, you know where to get your tyres from now, folks. Well, exactly. The other guy, the other horse has got a big chance to race, of course, I would say is Our Power, which is trained by Sam Tristan Davis. No, I'm just same, at Sam Thomas. Thomas Tristan Davis, right? Yeah. I'm just looking in the race, though. Just, uh, Henderson's got a runner in the race, and I just don't know why James Owen doesn't ride a bit. Maybe he can't do the weight. Who knows? Well, obviously, Who knows? obviously, Nicky Henderson does, but he's not here at the moment. So, there we go. So that's your lot, listeners. I'm afraid that is it. But it's really good racing. Um, you can probably just tell your listeners um, if Amarillo Sky wins the last, because that's the other horse trained by Joe Tizard, who's got a right old chance on on Saturday. Amarillo Sky, yes, it has. Yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be favourite, but it should probably win, yeah? Yeah, I would have thought so, yeah, definitely. Good cool. stuff. Well done, Paul. So there we go. All right, now, boy. Um, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll speak to you all again next week. I'm sure we will. Thank you, Colin. Well, there we go. That was Colin Brown, and as usual, Colin brings the show to a close. So uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you've got a few winners there for you. Some great racing coming up at Newbury over the weekend, so uh, something to look forward to. But in the meantime, keep listening to Three Valleys Radio, and in particular, The Racing Show. And we'll be back, as usual, same time, same station, next week. (laughs) 